welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most informational and entertaining auto detailing podcast, hosted by Marshall Hill of Total Auto Solutions and DJ Patterson of Eco Green Mobile Detailing. Grab a pint and enjoy. All right, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. Hello. Hey. 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 You like that? I don't know if I liked it. Let me try it again. I didn't finish. Oh. Like, but you used to keep going. It's like it's like one of those like, you know, ad libs. Like you just like throw some stuff in. You did. Then, like, you just jabbed like, right it's in. It's like a rap song. Like you get, you keep going. You got thrown off. Why do you get thrown off? It's like a rap song. So I'm a rapper. Like thing. You know, Let like, me turn my hat to the side. Yo yo yo. Hello. <laughs> hello hello hello. How'd that sound, Mr. <laughs> Dylan? Um, honestly, I love it. that's right man that's right that's right that's right i love it <laughs> whatever happens happens all right uh we have a uh a very young and aggressive guest on tonight he's aggressive he's very aggressive like in his words or physically um well <laughs> oh he answered for you both both He's taking after I'm you and just. Learn, so. <laughs> I'll let you guys do this episode. We got this. All right, Dylan. So let's see. Uh, he's aggressive in that he chose. <laughs> Come on, be nice. <laughs> aggressive in his beer choices, it's, and he. It's a aggressive. hard. It's a hard. It's a hard. hard beer. It's a hard cider. <laughs> He's aggressive, <laughs> aggressive in his out of the box thinking for beer. Dude, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, do you want to do the honors? Oh, I would love to do the honors. Yeah, and you went with the rose. You went even oh, you extra right. You rose. went extra. He went with the rose. Wow. Okay, that's that's right. I went with the uh, crisp apple and also have a green apple as well. I needed my sixteen grams of sugar, man. Sixteen is like sixty four. All right, so Dylan, tell us about yourself, but first, tell us what it is that you love so much about Angry Orchard. Um, honestly, it, I've never been a huge beer fan in general, um, and first time I tried cider was, honestly, I think it was, a, uh, it was right before Christmas. I was, at the time, in Italy, probably 17 when I tried it. Um, had it with my dad, actually, and one of my best friends at the time, we were kind of going through a weird spot in his life. Tried it out and first beer, one of one that I liked, um, and kind of stuck with it ever since then. I've tried drinking other stuff at parties. It just that's been the one thing that I've always gone back to for a casual drink. It's just a good casual drink, huh? So yeah, casual drink, and I, again, it's the apple flavor, the more of a, we'll call it the fruity flavor of it. Cheers, DJ. It. Hey, cheers, man. So I, I'm with like so all transparency. Um, when <laughs> I used to live with some dudes, DJ, you can appreciate this. <laughs> you live you, with some dudes. I live with some dudes. I mean, come on. I'm mo- like, I don't know. Like, I was fucking broke. Dude, like, I live with three. I had two roommates. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I'm the only really one of the only ways I made it as a detailer was because I had roommates. And, you know, if things were short or things were tight, like Jeff and Mark, man, they they had my back. You know, they were they were good, solid dudes. But so I didn't have money to go get, you know, if I if I got done with a good hard day or, you know, whatever, good hard week, whatever. And I really wanted to let loose, enjoy the night, you know, get a little tipsy. 
I didn't really have the money to go buy, uh, you know, and plus I didn't really know that I really wanted to go get liquor. Um, and I would get Hornsby. Anybody ever drink cider? Hornsby? It's a cider, right? Yeah. Yeah. But it was, I've tried that actually, yeah. But I think it's over 6%. What? And you could literally, I remember so it's like, it's like, multiple yeah. times going and just being like, I'm just going to take this down as fast as I can. Like, you would take a couple of those quick. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're good to go. Like, so uh, I I mean, I I back in the day drank a, a bit of Hornsby. Um, so no no major issues for me other than, uh, you know, Dylan, how old are you? Uh, 23 actually now. Okay, so, February, so once you hit 25, man, you got one more year after 24, but you're gonna have to, 25, you're going to have to kind of step up your game a little. Yeah, to grow up a little bit. Yeah. Just don't drink beer at all, one of the two. Well, again, I don't normally drink beer, but obviously, we're going to give you a hard time a yeah, little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's the just the way it goes, man. It's a beer oh, podcast. It's, it's, it's IPAs and sweet beers, like, we're just we're biased towards them. Again, so. All right, so Dylan, uh, besides our uh, horrific um, appreciation for our guest that is on, oh, uh, we appreciate him. Okay, appreciation of the the cider that he brought on. I apologize. You're correct, DJ. Goodness, uh, Dylan, we met you. You're in our detailers of Oklahoma group. We met you at uh, the Christmas party for the first time. Man, you're a fun guy. You're I mean, you're a big beast of a dude, too. I mean, it, I can cannons on you. It's aggressive. It's because of the aggressive it's part. The aggressive part. Yeah. yeah. Um, tell us about you, man. Tell us who you are. Um, we'll get into your your story of how you got into detailing um, next. But uh, just give us the uh, – give us a rundown on where you're from, how you grew up as a kid, who you are, all that type of stuff. Okay. Um, so basically I started out um, – I have two brothers, an older brother. Um, he's 28 now, I believe, 27, he's 27. Um, I have a little brother who's also, he's what, 19 now? Wow, I still old already. Um, but basically we grew up, um, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> hey, again, for me, uh, we're at the age of starting to get older and realize like, oh, this is actually happening now. So that, that's why I say that, but, um. You have no idea. <laughs> I wake up now and I have to. My back hurts. My legs hurt. Like it's horrific. I'm telling you. I remember guys that tell me like, "Oh yeah, man, your body just starts hurting. It's weird as fuck." I'm like, "Oh man, you're just old." And I'm like, "Shit, they were only thirty. Like, man, at forty, man, it's rough." Oh man. But yeah. Um, but basically, um, I grew up. Uh, We'll say grew up um, basically in Edmond. Um, started out in Middle City, moved in my would be my fourth grade year. So I got to see both the the not so privileged side of Oklahoma, and then also moving to Edmond obviously has quite a bit of money, especially up in Deer Creek area. So I got to experience both sides of the coin on that. Um, and at Deer Creek, I was um, always a straight A student, just kind of who I was um, at my heart. Um, actually, why I started going to school at OU. Um, but graduated valedictorian uh, up there. Um, just in general, always been very book smart, very science oriented. That's just kind of who I am as a person. <laughs> so you'll be the smartest detailer we've ever had on. Is that what you're saying? That's what he said. I'm pretty very sure. Very aggressively, said, though. Aggressive valedictorian. Very aggressively. Say that again. I'm not going to argue and say yes or no on that. <laughs> <laughs> that's not aggressive that's not aggressive man we thought you were gonna you know stick with 
I'll I'll tell I'll say it, Dylan. You you will be the smartest detailer we've had on. If you're the valedictorian, <laughs> then yeah. Okay, okay. I can see like I can appreciate that, man. Because look a little humble with his uh Yeah, I'm street smart. Yeah. A little humble with his smarts. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely wasn't book smart, man. I I barely <laughs> I barely got out of anything. It was <laughs> it was rough. beyond me. Well, I was so. going to say, DJ's like a pro now. Like, no, I don't know. DJ how does to... everything. He changes his own oil. Absolutely. I call... Changes his own wiper. I blades. hire, li- yeah. no, okay, that I'll do, but I hire for anything like <laughs> You know that you go to AutoZone and when they say you want us to put these on. Absolutely. Like, yeah, I know you do. You're like, yeah, man, you care. can put them on. That's nice. Like, dude, yeah, absolutely you can. Why not? <laughs> you asked. I don't do anything either. Yeah, well, I'm horrible well, at working point? on cars. Yeah. Oh, oh man. But yeah. Anyway, I don't know. Just kind of growing up, I've I've got to enjoy both sides of life, and I've, I have lived a very privileged and blessed life. I accept that, and it is nice to be able to grow up and see both sides of it. And growing up with money, my dad has always supported me 100 percent in whatever I do. Nice man. And been sometimes that. It hasn't worked out, but as far as like starting business, all that he's working one hundred percent, which I'm very blessed for. That is that helps to have family around that does that. That's awesome. Don't 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 shy away from that. I mean, give him the credit for it, what you're doing. So that's awesome, man. He's a good dad. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I, have, I do have an amazing family. Yeah, that's awesome. So tell us about uh, what it is about Angry Orchard that you just love. What flavors do you taste? It's just the sweetness of the apple, or what is it? What draws you to it? Honestly, for me, it's the, uh, the fruit flavor, I guess, the apple flavor. Um, absolutely love apples in general. Just any kind of sweet object or sweet or sour like kind of drink, absolutely love. So, excuse me. Um, for me, the uh, crisp apple, it, it works really well. Um, and honestly, another one of my favorites is the um, gold slugger mixed with uh, apple cider. Another great drink. Oh, Whoa. my gosh. Ooh. So, Dude. I've got a gold slogger story. <laughs> I, uh, I don't remember all mine. Yeah. Literally, I don't. Like, I remember, like, oh, crap. I still think I picked up somebody's drink that was roofied. Really? Yeah, I was at a Halloween party, um, and we were taking shots of gold slogger. Oh, my God. <sighs> but, I mean, I was okay. Like, I was, I mean, I was tipsy, but I was all Were right. Were hurting the next day anywhere? Well, no, hold on. Like, I remember, I remember taking a shot and like, I remember we going like, well, whose drink is this? Like, no, but like, I just grabbed somebody's drink, drinking it, sitting there for a little bit. I just remember then like, I'm going to go outside and go to the bathroom. And I'm not saying like two minutes, but like 
some time had passed. I don't I just remember I couldn't find my drink and I grabbed somebody's random drink. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm later, I'm, I'm taking a pee and I just go, I'm going to lay down and just fell over. And, and I couldn't, I remember laying on the ground and trying to get up in my mind. I'm saying, okay, I need to get up, but I can't, my body's numb. They have to, they finally find me. I don't know how long it had been. And they carry me outside to the front yard and everybody's laughing at me, like blah, blah, like they put me in the car and I still can't move my body. Like they have to carry me. It was brutal. Next day, I yeah. woke up 100% fine, like nothing would happen. Definitely, oh, well, yeah. I don't know if you got, see, Ruthie's like, when it hits you the next day, like, you feel horrible. Mm, I don't know. Yeah. So, the only reason I say that is, hold on, because us and all the listeners too are just like, yeah. hold on, Wait, what? how do you know this? Yeah, so, long story short, went out to Vegas for SEMA, um, happened to meet one of the producers from South Park, and... I drink a lot as is, but going out there, there are minus drinks, um, worked out well. And I went and drank the same night as my dad. I know I can out drink him any day of the week. Tonight, for whatever reason, he was doing just fine and my, I couldn't walk. So yeah, next day I was hungover. Again, something that doesn't happen for me. Next so week, you got roofied or what? Um, I had to have, cause I mean, literally I went from being okay to I can't walk. I'm having issues like focusing. Um, vision's getting blurry. I mean, it, it hit everything at once. No, Rufy, you can't move. Like that's the point of Rufy. Like, like I think when you Rufy a gr- girl, I get like it's so they can't move and they just sit there. Agreed. Okay. What I think it was is a it wasn't a big enough dose to hit me. That thing is the problem. You think the South Park, the creators of South Park, Rufy you yeah, so dude. that they could. You know, create an episode around violating you? Absolutely. Uh, well, so, was <laughs> um, homosexual, and we were kind of making jokes at it. Um, and when it happened, I was like, no, like, she wouldn't do that. And then we started thinking back on, he did invite us out to, like, his uh, yacht and all that. We're like, I don't know, maybe maybe he was hitting on us more than we thought. I think your head's a little big. I mean, you're, you're a good-looking dude, but I don't know if anyone wants to take advantage of you like that. Too many angry orchards, man. I don't know. Let's move on. Let's move on from that story. Nah, I I can't. I get it, man. I get it. I don't know if I was roofied either. I just always blame it on that. Maybe I was a weak ass bitch and couldn't take my couldn't take my gold slogger. But I mean, I (laughs) yeah, I blame it on the roofie. That's what I do. (laughs) Blame it on the goose. All right, so Dylan, we wanted to have you come on uh, because we talked uh, with you at uh, at the Christmas party um, with the detailers of Oklahoma. We try and do workshops um, as well as have different events. And one of those regular events is a Christmas party. Um, we tried to do it in a in a in a different area. Um, and thank you so much to Dar- Darren at Route 66 Auto Detail for hosting it. Um, we got a chance to meet with you. Uh, you know, we, you know, we're in the group, so we've seen you on there. But then, uh, actually getting to meet you in person was really cool, man. Like I said, I mean, you're you're a really cool dude. And um, what you had mentioned that you got into detailing. Well, let me not. I don't want to put words in your mouth. You, you tell us you were working for some place, and then 
you decided to go into detail. Tell us that story. So that time I was working at Discount Tire. Um, I've worked at several stores. I've been there for roughly four and a half years. And I had just polished up my Camaro and gotten me into it, I guess, through one of my friends. Um, the details out in North Carolina. Um, and so he kind of guided me through my first paint creation kind of thing. And, of course, I put the glaze on at the very end. I'm like, oh, it looks so great kind of thing. Post the picture up. And one of my buddies set me up. Hey, you want to come do my car? Sure, why not? I enjoy it. So I went over and did his car. And at the time, we were cutting back hours at discount. So I was like, sure. Like, you know, I was trying to do this on the side. My dad talked to me about it. So I was like, hey, let's kind of try it out. Got approved for it from one of the managers. Um, went and talked to the head store manager at the time. And there's a respect issue that was there, which is why I decided to leave. But long story short, just wanted to have a simple five-minute conversation. He basically wouldn't allow a private conversation to happen about this. And so I turned him on two weeks, which was a nerve-wracking thing to do right off hand, not have anything set in stone. Um, and so I did, sold my uh, motorcycle 2005 Picture 1000 and got, I think it was 4300 for it. Um, so I ended up finding me a 1995 um, E250 van, you know, the lovely, uh, hey, kid, you want some free candy van? Yes. Always the jokes about it. Um, and just kind of started from there, but I went the the traditional route, I feel like, how everyone kind of starts. You go to the AutoZone and buy some like microfiber cloths, some drying cows, and that kind of stuff, and some smaller stuff. And then I bought, um, I, I mainly went with uh, McGuire's. Um, the McGuire's APC, that kind of stuff, and just kind of start out with what you've researched, but nothing super crazy. I mean, you're looking back, like, I'm like, there's a lot of stuff you can improve on, as, as it should be. But that's pretty much how I started was initial just, I, I wasn't happy with where I was at, and I'm very ambitious as is, so I chose to continue along to something that I feel like could make my life better. That's awesome. I mean, I think what DJ and I really liked about and look forward to this episode is, I mean, we were the same way. Um, I was working at a church that was sort of, I mean, I grew up completely uh, Southern Baptist, very conservative. We, I mean, when I, when I say conservative and I don't think people really understand when I grew up, I went to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and then we would have, I think, sometimes another Bible study in between. Like, oh, wow! Like, I was, I was in, indoctrinated into the Southern Baptist religion um, very thoroughly. Um, you know, my parents were amazing. Um, n- not that they, it wasn't ever like a. I don't know how to, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't bad. Like it was like you talked about, uh, you know, you, you lived a, a good life. Um, and, uh, and I lived a good life too. I mean, very easy, very conservative. Um, and, uh, but you know, I, this is the way I grew up. I started working at a church. I was not happy at the church. Um, and, I had a buddy that just kind of randomly said, why don't you start cleaning cars? So I started cleaning cars and uh, I was trying to remember when you said that you just went to the auto parts store where that's where you got your first chemicals. I was trying to remember where I got my first chemicals. And I, I probably did too. I probably went to, I, I might've even gone to Walmart. I, I don't remember. Like I just got some random stuff because I, there was this girl that I was trying to date 
And I said, hey, I'm starting a detailing business, you know, and she goes, oh, my parents need their car detailed. And that was the first car that I cleaned. And uh, I think I just scrambled and went and bought some random stuff. And like, it took me like eight hours to clean it. Like, yeah, that's <laughs> how it always is. That first initial detail, you're like, yeah, we, we're pretty sure we got everything. And you start looking through, you're like, oh, no, I'm missing this and this. And stuff that should take you two and a half hours and you end up spending eight, nine hours on. You're like, well, how are we going to do this now? Yeah, I went into the buddy that uh, had talked me into it. I went into him and like, oh, and he's like, bro, you'll get faster. It'll be okay. I'm like, uh. <laughs> That's funny. DJ, do you remember some of the first stuff that you bought? When I first started mobile? Yeah. Uh, what'd you sell me? Let's see. Because <laughs> no. now I was using waterless. Yeah, I mean, it was waterless and then. I mean, we probably just grabbed some of the stuff from the Dude, car wash, yeah, I, like, think. I, really <laughs> I think you probably did skim, yeah. off, skim off the top. I probably did. <laughs> you probably did. <laughs> so you know, you here, what's that? You started waterless? Yeah, so that's so Marty owned a car wash. Uh, you know Zud's on 101st or – No, Big, he's in Edmond. So. Okay. Well, there's a, a pretty popular car wash here in, in, in Bigsby right in front of Lowe's. And, and now uh, it's called Bigsby Cruising. Correct. And Marty owned that car wash. Long story short, I came in. I got a job there, and I worked for him for several years. And uh, he ended up leaving to go do something else, and I stayed there. And he called and was like, hey, man, like, you got to come to my house and check out this, this this waterless wash. I'm like, what do you mean? How do you wash cars without any water? Like, I'm literally at a car wash right now. Like, that doesn't make any sense. And it was just a history from there. But, yeah, I, I quit I quit there, left there, got fired, whatever you want to say, and uh, <laughs> worked out of the trunk of my car for – for uh, quite some time, but I was able to work out of the truck of my car because I had no power washers, no water tanks, and so forth. So, yeah, I've been it, been doing that since I first went mobile. Very nice. Very yeah. nice. Yeah, I was actually against waterless for a long time. Yeah, a lot of people are. Yeah, swapped to O and R after I swapped to rinseless. Yeah, rinseless. I was like, let's try waterless, and after I tried, I'm like, okay, yeah, I, I definitely like it. Yeah, it's, that's cool. It's much easier. So, Dylan, I mean, this is when did you start? When did you leave? We're we're at 2019. When did you? It would be, it'll be two years ago as of March, actually. Okay, congratulations. Thank you. Um, and so, well. do you remember? Yeah, I would hope so. Two years ago, you're still young. Uh, I I don't know if I remember everything from two years ago, but um, you're a valedictorian, so <laughs> uh, we got to hold it against you. Um, give us the very first steps, you know, first step, second step, third step, the things that you did. So first thing I did was, um, planning out the initial cost. How much is it going to cost me per car? The initial startup, how much is it going to cost? If you don't know how much it's going to cost, I mean, per car, you're already going to set yourself up there. If you don't know how much you're spending on chemicals per car and all that. So that was my first thing was how much is it going to cost me every time I wash the car, every time I do whatever package I decide on, how much will it cost me? And based on that, I kind of get a general idea of like, okay, what can I get away with on pricing? Which initially when I started out was the higher dollar details. So you kind of have to set up a few things, which for me was pricing, how much, what are you going to charge, why, what products you're going to use that's going to both provide a quality product and not break the bank with what you're using, which is once we start getting to the bulk buying, it made so much more sense. It definitely 
definitely helps out a lot. Yeah, but so you your first step, you're saying you picked products? That was your first thing? No, for me, it was planning out just general costs. That was my thing is uh, after I sold my bike, I, um, my startup money, we'll say it, um, I needed to plan out. Um, I, I had decided I wanted to go mobile. Yeah. Um, so hold on, decided, hold on, hold yeah, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I think you said that earlier and we didn't really quite hear it. I think that's a very, very important thing is what you just said. So slow down, say it one more time. You sold what? My motorcycle. And why did you sell your motorcycle? Um, for the initial start of months. Wow. Um, it was a play toy. So might as well, Dude, if I want to do something, might as well invest in yourself. That's pretty big, though, because yeah. a lot of guys – no, literally, a lot of guys I know, will, there's no way they would sell a toy – to reinvest in their or to invest in their business. That's DJ cheers. and I, Dude. cheers, like, cheers to yeah. you, bro, man. Hats off to you, man. Yeah, that's, that's, like, yeah, that's, very yeah. nice. So uh, you're right. I mean, most most guys would try and do more than they bite off. Yep. You sold something that was fun to invest it into what you're gonna do. That's awesome. Um, you could buy a better one in. Two yeah, years, don't worry years. about it. Yeah, you're gonna always buy another one. DJ and I, as as we get older and you know, uh, we decided we'll never own a motorcycle because the risk reward is uh, way too much <laughs> if you got kids. So I, I've been, <laughs> yeah, I probably won't ever own one. Yeah, but uh, you know, good for you. So you sold that. You set your business business prices. I think is what you said. Yeah, for me it was I needed to find out pricing, how much everything's going to cost. So that's what I started with was what is it going to cost me per vehicle to wash car? What the, or what products will match into this pricing of what I'm going to charge? And just kind of set that up, which I spent, I think that first night when I was looking into it, probably four or five hours of trying to figure out what I wanted to use and how much I'm going to charge and that kind of stuff. Okay, cool. Second step? Second step after that was find a way to actually get this to my door. So ordered products, obviously, and I went out on Craigslist and uh, bought the van. And I wanted to have enough money, which I think it's always important is to have a backup plan. So just because you have, or in my case, I had $4,500, don't spend all 4500 at the initial startup. That's, in my opinion, you, have, you definitely need a backup plan. <laughs> Cheers to that. Cheers again. Cheers to All you. All right. Keep going. Um, and after that, I ended up buying the van. I think I had all set done after. I picked the van up for 1300 No, you ruined it. I was about to say. So you bought a a brand new van as an eco line and cost you $30,000, and you then – Invested another ten thousand in a wrap and another five thousand in equipment, and you're sitting at forty thousand. Oh, what about training? Training for two grand. Well, but no, we're just talking the vehicle. I know, I'm just BSing, but so you you're invested in it like a brand new vehicle and fully wrapped and a whole bunch of equipment, and you're sitting at forty grand, right? Oh no, that's that's later on in the story. That's that's where we're getting closer towards now, finally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm I'm facetiously joking. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So because some guys will go out and blow a ton of money with no client base whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah, definitely don't need to do that. So you so you so you bought a what? Um, it's a '95 E250. Again, it was kind of an old beat up band. 2017. 
95. No, well, it was year 2017. Two and a half years. Oh, yes, sir. 2017, and you bought a 2005. No, 95. Yeah, 95. 95. Yeah, Holy I like it. Holy. I like it. I like it. 300,000 miles. Yeah, bro. It had 280 I was miles. right. Uh-huh. I like it. So for me, um, I, I had a, a Zuzu Rodeo, and that's what I started with at first. And then, you know, I was driving that with a trailer. I later then decided, you know what? I should probably have a van just because yeah. I could have everything inside. I remember that van. I'd have the trailer yeah. to – you remember? The white van? No, no. This is 2000. You didn't know me at this oh, point. okay, okay. So this is a funny story. Uh, I started looking for a van. I found a guy that used to wrestle at OSU. He was crippled his senior year, and so the school bought him a – it was a 1978 van. It still had shag carpet oh, all inside. Awesome. It, was, it was orange for OSU, and it had everything OSU all in it with shag carpet. It only had like 15,000 miles on it because, I mean, he was disabled. He didn't really drive it much. But this was 2003 buying a, a 1978 van. It oh, was, that's awesome. Oh, yeah, it was hilarious. It was definitely hilarious. Wow. No, you're thinking of the chemical vans. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I started the chemical company with a Ford Ranger that still had the green clean stuff all over right. it. And when I decided I need to get something uh, that could carry more than a couple yeah, of things. five gallons. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I bought these old um, Dodge C&G vans. Oh, you bought a couple of them. I bought a couple because they kept blowing out and messing up because they were so old. Oh, wow. Yeah. So – Anyway, keep going. Sorry. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm getting zoned out there. I was sitting there thinking about what you're saying. Um, <laughs> the thing that I think is important here is um, I, at the time I started this, I lived out of an apartment complex. So whatever I was doing uh, as far as like work-wise had to be able to confine to their apartment rules. Um, so if any of you are out there wanting to start this and you live in an apartment complex, you can do it. There is ways to do it. Um, but yeah, after I bought the van, let's see, I pretty much what I started out with was I reached out to my friends and family, um, kind of like, Hey, do you, do you mind if I like do a detail for you? And posted up actually at a few Facebook groups, um, just old neighborhood groups, that, that kind of stuff. And I, it's one of those that starts out slow, but at time I needed, and it's all about playing the head, trying to figure out what your cost is, how much do you need to live? That's kind of what I was always afraid of was, am I going to have enough money to eat kind of thing, which family-wise, I wouldn't starve, obviously, but it's always a fear in the back of my mind. So I think I calculate out to two details a week I need to do. So pretty much as long as I get two details a week, I was going to be okay. Not a big issue. Two um, details a week. Right. Yeah, that was, that was the good life. Yeah, right. About 500. <laughs> right. Um, which, honestly, the first summer I started it, um, my little brother worked for me at the time, and we were doing hair guard details for full detail, inside and out, wash, wax, all that fun stuff. No limits on pretty much anything, which it, it taught me a lot, um, got me better at detailing, kind of realized what I needed to work on, which the first month, I would say, is a very harsh learning curve, really, so much for me of 
how to deal with people, um, different expectations, different things. It helped out a lot. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, um, trying to think. Let's see. After that, it was mainly I just kind of kept grinding. Um, Facebook um, is probably my biggest platform. I don't actually have an actual website set up um, just because I I still am a part time editor. I'm a full time student at OU, so oh nice. A nice work balance between both is very important. So you're, I mean, I guess you have your classes in the evenings, or, I mean. Uh, well, trying to spread out throughout the day. Um, Thursday, like tomorrow, I have a class from 9.30 to 10.20, and then a class um, starting at 3 to 6, basically, after that. So if I want to do a detail in, it's pretty much right after I leave that class, and get one knocked out, assuming it's anywhere near Norman, and then i got to head back up there and go back to class. Yeah. So Marty kind of filled me in a little bit about you. So you work with some detours in Oklahoma. So I guess, quote unquote, competition, right? So how has that like helped or hurt your business as far as like, you know, bringing money or or whatever, like or helped your skills out or helped give you content? Like what ways has it benefited you and not so much at the same time working with Um, someone within your, I mean, yeah, competition in a sense. Yeah, I mean, obviously we're all in the same business, and we are competition in that sense. Um, but I've, I've met a lot of great people through Detailing. I mean, Josh Parks, Sam, and JT, um, uh, Rob. Um, actually, I've been working with uh, Johnny on the spot as well. Oh, nice. I've worked with several different companies, uh, Brian, me, and he. Um, but it's all about, to me, I've never understood the cutthroat environment that a lot of people let you kind of deal with it, in my opinion there's enough cars around for everyone I mean if you're booked out two weeks like there's some to, or some cars you're not going to be able to get to so you might as well have someone that can do a good job or original job that's going to represent your name well so that's kind of how I saw it is as long as you make friends with other people in the business that you know you can trust um, but, you know, kind of must stick with um, you know that if you ever need someone to cover your job or you can't get to it or they need help it's it's all about kind of passing around help in my opinion like at the end of the day yes we're all competition but you're getting through one you're building friendships good business relations and two they will teach you so much more in my opinion i mean josh is a great business person i mean knows business very well and has taught me quite a bit and so that's what i think is just kind of important is as long as you're in the business of not being selfish, all about the, like, I'm better than everyone, I don't need anyone's help kind of thing, I think you're going to be okay. And just be friendly and kind of realize who's out who's out to get you, which most people aren't, and who's going to get your back. Yeah. So let's take a, a, a beer break. Um, we have definitely moved away from Angry Orchard. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> no, 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 no. But it's not, though. It's very good. Uh, I mean, for you guys, sure. I mean, what, which beer are you guys on now? Uh, we moved to, so we're going through this new Belgium uh, uh, variety pack, and we are drinking a new Belgium fat tire. And I've it's. Actually, I've actually heard of that one, believe it or not. Yeah, so this is one of their special editions, the Belgium white. 
I, I really would like to. We need to go sit down with Mason or somebody mm-hmm. to get us to figure out why is it white. I bet you it's in their um, malt. I bet you they switch up their malt a little bit. Um, DJ, what do you think? Yeah, I love it. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like fat it's, tires, it's, it's, good it's anyway. Really good. But this like smooths everything out. Um, I did. If anybody wants to go back and listen to a podcast that I did, we were up in Denver and went to uh, where did we go? We went up. Uh, uh, I think we were actually in Fort Collins. Yeah, we were. We uh, there's a car wash there that does a lot of YWAX with us, and. Um, and I went over there, and he was like, yeah, you need to go over to that uh, the New Belgium brewery. And I was like, oh, shit, I forgot. It's right here. So I ran over there and did like a little 30-minute segment um, sitting out at the New Belgium um, uh, uh, brewery and um, sitting right outside. And um, it's just beautiful area. And, um, and that was my first time to try the Belgian white. And, oh, it was amazing. And this is too. I don't know why, what it is that's different about it, mm. but so good. Maybe because it smooths away from all the uh, sugar. I don't know. But it's amazing. Is it, we, I love the beer. It's got really great flavor. Super easy to drink. Um, anyway, uh, we just needed to take a beer break and talk about uh, what we were sipping on too. This is very much you're you're exactly right. I mean, so what beers have you tried? Do you know? I mean, I've tried all the normals, so uh, Bud Light and all that fun stuff. Like the general, like um, Bud Light, Miller Light. Um, you're missing like you're missing the best the best light ever, though, dude. Uh, it's Coors Light. Uh, 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 see, it, uh, I can't all of it. I just never been a fan of it. I, Honestly, the only beers I've liked have been more of the craft beers, and it's few and far in between, but there was like a blueberry one I've tried that I actually enjoyed, but it's very few and far in between. Yeah, I get it. And and for me, I honestly, like, at that age, I didn't drink, like, that's why I drank cider, and I drank a couple, of, like, I remember drinking Miller Lite and drinking stuff, but we also didn't have craft beer back then either. So, I mean, now with craft beers, I mean, they they have so many different flavors, it's hard to not find something that you'll like. Like you'd have to, you'd have to really try hard. Anyway, um, enough lecturing Dylan on uh, his beer. Yeah, dude, he's, <laughs> he's up on the boy, man. Uh, but Dylan, so um, I think it'd be interesting as, as with your age and with a, a lot of the guys that listen um, and a lot of the guys that we talk to on Instagram, similar in, in, in the twenties, um, they're, you know, in their first year or second year or, you know, I know definitely here right now it's winter or, geez, can you imagine being up north with this no. polar vortex? <laughs> Negative 30, 50. Fuck, man, no way. It's horrible. Um, what are some things that guys should do, especially, um, you know, starting off? We already went through the steps of what you did. But, you know, as you start trying to get business and grow, what are some of the things that uh, – that you've done to do that. We mentioned that you've, you've networked with some other detailers, which I mean, I, I think is amazing because 
most of the time detailers just knock other detailers. And I, I think one of the big things that pisses me off is when they knock other detailers to get their work. Like, yep. don't go to other detailers, come to me. Like, come on, man. Like, why don't you just talk about you first? But so yep. what, what, what are some advice to some other young guys? I mean, you, you, you take a moment and you roll with some advice to other young detailers that are in their first uh, year, first two years that, that you would give them. Um, honestly, it's all about making the connections. That's kind of how I started out was it's all about making a good personal. Cheers to Dude, that. Hey, Cheers man. to that. Knowledge bombs all yeah. day, man. <laughs> <laughs> but for, um, for instance, like my dad's business partners, for instance, it, it was, I contacted him. I was like, hey, started up um, detailing business. Would you like me to give you a complimentary detail time um, or discount detail detail? How bad his cars was? So the uh, first time I did his cars, I did both of them for 50 bucks. I made full detail on both of them. And actually, I still do his cars once a month to this day. Um, but it's all about just that initial connection and getting the word of mouth out. So if you're having an issue, especially in the first year or two, in my opinion, if you're having a problem with a customer or you feel like they're going to create too much of an issue um, with over something small, it, Saying no to a customer is not a bad thing, especially when you start out. Like one bad review at the initial start can hurt on quite a bit. So try to fill out how the customer is going to react to if you don't get everything exactly perfect. Because again, starting out, you want to provide the best, but it's not always possible. So did you, make it, oh. did you have like any like? I'm sorry, I mean to cut you off there, but it is. Did you have any like? Uh, I guess uh, any one in the industry that was kind of mentoring you in how to start out earlier on, or is this all like, cause a lot of the stuff you're saying is like, wow, man, if guys knew this in the beginning, like that, like, how did you know these things? Like, was it just, is it in you? Is it just, are you business minded or did someone like, Hey man, let me just like, let me give you all my failures. So you don't mess up here. And here's what you should do. No, believe it or not. So uh, one of my good buddies, uh, Evan Rollins, he's detail here. Um, he, lives out in North Carolina. He's the one that kind of okay. got me started with it, uh, but my dad does own a business. And so kind of growing up around that, I, you get a sense of what to say, gotcha. what not to say. And so that's kind of worked out most of it. And just um, a very people person. I can talk to pretty much anyone. I, I enjoy it. So casual conversations throughout. And in my opinion, everyone should practice this. But let's say you go to a fast food joint. Um, ask them how's their day going like try to feel them out just those small things small social cues one it makes you more comfortable talking to people and it also brightens their day I like that man I like that that's that's good info that is good the more I I had heard when I started learning to try and do sales I had heard that if you just anybody that you meet you find something about them like DJ that's a really nice hat you got a really nice hat on today that looks really good thanks man just finding something about somebody else that that is nice and you point it out really helps you start to begin to break down your insecurities for talking to people and trying to sell them, quote unquote, on a detail. Exactly. And uh, connecting with customers definitely makes life much easier. And there's some people that you're going to have issues connecting with that's going to be strictly business. But you can kind of break down the barrier and make a joke about something small. Um, it definitely helps get you kind of in the door and on a much more personal level with someone. 
which I feel like that's where uh, that's where I prefer to be at least with my customers is more of, uh, most of my customers, especially return customers, I'm much more closer, more of a friend to. Um, very casual when I text them afterwards, but the initial text is always business. And then after you kind of understand how they feel, how they act about certain things you say, you can kind of get a general basis off that. Like it. Anything else you want to share with uh, young guys that are getting started? Serum coatings are one of those things that are a great thing, and also I feel like it's also a curse, especially for new detailers. They want to go after the – they see, for instance, um, Topaz Detailing. When I first started out, I saw them, and uh, there was like, this is the ultimate goal. I mean, they're doing, you know, ten, fifteen thousand dollars details. I mean, almost every single car, it seems like. It's not always about that. Um, doing the normal $150 details or 75 or whatever you charge, like, it's your bread and butter. That – That'll get you through the cold winter days, and whenever you start getting slow, that's what will get you through those. So don't necessarily go after the, I know, like, I'm doing a paint correction, and I have to have, like, $1,500 to do a paint, paint correction or stuff like that. Like, not everyone will want the perfection that you may see. Yep, that makes complete sense, because as us detailers, like, I was the same way earlier on, like, I wanted perfection. I would charge them for perfection. You know, I'd lose a lot of opportunity, a lot of jobs because I was quoting them based on what it needed to be perfect versus what they wanted and what they saw fit. And since I've changed my coding prices, what I use methods and everything, like I've made so much more money um, based on that theory that you just said alone. Yeah. And uh, honestly, again, us as detailers, we know the swirls. I would say 95% of the population don't, they don't do see it. Don't it's so hard. Cheers. It's so hard again. Okay, so uh, <laughs> and, 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 and I still revert back to that old mentality sometimes because I had a car in here one, one day, and uh, it was the next morning, and I was like, Marty, Trey, come check out this car real quick. Like, this looks horrible. And they're just like, well, what did he pay? Well, he paid this. Well, what do you want? Well, he said it was perfect. He said it was great before he even brought it here. So what are you asking us for? Well, I don't know. It looks like shit. Like, well, yeah, it does, but they don't know. They don't, can't see it, and they're only paying and X, they only Y, Z. paid X amount. So. so, and I just sent it, and the guy loved it. Like, literally loved it. So, it's, it's, yep. but it was hard as it was hard to, to just send a car like that, knowing that, man, I know what I could do or what we're capable of doing within our company, and and it just yeah. So, and and I think a lot of guys get just sucked in the early. I would I actually oh, yeah. I actually was talking. This is a Wednesday. It would have been Monday. No, it would have been yesterday because I had to go get that van tag. Yesterday I was talking to a guy down in Texas, and he was getting back into detailing, and his big questions were. He wanted to get um, certified in paint correction. But he was going to just be doing some like regular cars, nothing fancy. Just going to be, you know, detailing, you know, regular people. And I said, why, what, why is it that you wanted? Oh, I've just seen everybody like you got to do paint correction to do coatings. And I went, okay, okay. All that comes from. The early initiators in ceramic coatings, those ceramic coating companies did an exceptional job at 
marketing towards a very niche group of detailers, right? Because it was a brand new product. They couldn't market to the masses. They had to market to a very niche group. And so they found some some guys that were proactive in their um, social media, their websites or whatever, showing some certain quality of higher end cars. And they marketed to those guys that, hey, you're a quote unquote specialty detailer. You should you should use our coatings and do paint correction, right? And so we, the everyone else, assume that we have to do paint correction, which, DJ, when you and I first got into oh coatings. Oh, my God, so many late nights. So many late nights. I think sometimes we spent 12 hours or so. Only correcting the only paint. Only correcting the paint because the company that we were working with at that time told us that's what we had to do. Yeah, literally. And and so we spent all this time. Like and that's why I was explaining to this guy. I said, I said, you know what? A light bulb went off when one customer after another customer after another customer, we had just spent out, I mean, literally oh, 12 hours, 15 days. hours <laughs> yeah. working on these cars. And they go, cool, man. Thanks. Looks great. Yeah, it looks great. Oh, hold and on. Like, like there was no, oh, man, that's a like, oh, like that's the same exact uh, approach that a regular quote unquote customer that we used to have at the car wash. You remember at the car wash, we would polish a car and put on a sealant and they would walk out and go, Oh man, it looks amazing. amazing. Like the day I bought it. Not e Those guys gave us more praise than the, the $2,800 jobs that we had to spend 12 hours paint correcting the exact same approach. The uh, comments came from them. Pretty much. And that's what I told this guy. I said, listen, you customers, your average daily drivers now as ceramic coatings are coming more prevalent than the average daily driver, whether that's even a Lexus, a Mercedes, a Porsche, most of those guys, what they see versus what they want to pay for is what you have to differentiate. Differentiate. And if they can see it, which is why we tell people to ask the customer what they see in their paint. Yeah. If they see it, then you want to charge them for it and yeah. they're willing to pay for it because they see it. No, but what you said, like, let me back, like, ask the customer what they see. Like, that, because you, I mean, you taught me that once. Ask them what they see and then you can go from there. And, like, since then, that mentality, I was like, yeah. you know what? I do it all the time. Like, it looks amazing. There's just one scratch right here. Are you kidding me, dude? This looks freaking horrible. So I can either a, I got plenty of time. I need some money. I'm gonna show. I'm gonna. I'm gonna show them the defects. I'm gonna educate them. I'm gonna sell it. Or b, I'm like, dude, this is a quick 500 bucks. I don't. I mean, I, I got a schedule to keep. I got things to do. Like now, DJ, 500. the the pushback from a lot of Instagram detailers or keyboard detailers would sure. be, you cheapened or you you. Uh, you hacked your customer. You hacked your detail. The hell I did. Right. Explain it. Why is that not a hack? It's not a hack at all. The customer wants protection on their paint. They don't give a fuck about how great or how gloss or how much clarity it has or how much flakes are popping out of it now. Like they got a new car. It looks great to them. They want it protected. That's what I'm going to do. They're paying for and, the protection. And, and you know what happens? Most times when I actually go and try to educate these guys that say their cars are perfect, and I go and I start like kind of low key, not hounding them, but just like, sir, like, you know, we found this and that. And they're just like, yeah. And they just kind of get this kind of like, 
kind of pushback from them, and it's just like, I don't want to do that. If they're telling me it's perfect, that means they don't want to pay any more for anything extra. That's it. That's what they want. So you're meeting your customers' expectations? Is that what you're saying? A client asks you what they, what tells you what they want. I'm going to give them that. Yeah. So as a business owner, is meeting your client's expectation or customer's expectations a good thing? Absolutely. Yeah. It's a must. It's a must. Now, there's times where you need to educate customers on things. But if you're educating them versus selling them, it's, it's a two different things. Educating them saying, yes, you know what? You're right. This looks amazing. Here's what I see. Here's what could be different. But this is what we're going to do. Now, let's take a moment. And if you're the detail boss in Scottsdale, Arizona, that has a um, unbelievable shop with lighting, with this incredible wash bay, and they have nothing but these phenomenal amazing vehicles i mean at scottsdale yeah right? scottsdale, like, arizona, it's scottsdale I mean, like, arizona what else do you have of course those guys should do the work that they're doing right and I mean, they should that's only the do clientele, that kind of work. and that's the only like but we're we're not talking about that group we're talking about the mass. guys that are the mass the mass the guys that are starting out the guys that are two to three years in well, we can go even to Detail Ninja. We can go to some of the other – Like me, I used to be that, and I would only get like one one correction a month. Now I'm doing like multiple – couple of weeks sometimes. Like it's just – Yeah, I'm just saying like you can go – you can start picking out some names of some guys that run some really good shops. Some super high-end shops. No, 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 not super high-end, just really good shops. You know, they don't have these – Fancy, amazing lights. They don't okay, have twenty thousand dollars invested gotcha, into their gotcha. shop. They're going after some good customers, and they're booked out gotcha. quite a ways. Um, and you know, they're not having to force down to their customers that they have to pay a two thousand, a four thousand dollar detail. Yeah. I think that's the whole point of it. Is gotcha. like, listen, guys, if you're starting out, if you're one to two years in, you're seeing a lot of great advertising that's telling you you have to do certain things. Listen, here's the only thing you have to do as a business. That's whether you're McDonald's, you're Walmart, you're Chick-fil-A, you're the local grocery store. You meet the customer's expectations and you provide to them what they need. Right. So find your customers, see what they need and then meet that need. You don't have to force down to them a two thousand dollar correction and coding job. Maybe they just want to pay two hundred bucks on top of a detail to get an extra year of protection versus a wax that's only going to last a month. So, Marty, that was good. That was that was a little rant right there. I mean, you went on a little rant. Hundred percent. You hear him? Hundred percent. He said it. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. That was hundred percent. All right. Cool, man. That's fine. Uh, that's why I said a one year. You know, yep. you could go one two, year, three, four, you know, somewhere in those we call them entry level. Yep. You know, um, yeah, you start getting beyond there. If you're if the customer's wanting to pay fifteen hundred bucks, then yeah, that's what yep. I'm saying. Like you exactly. find your customer. If that's if that's your customer that wants to pay fifteen hundred to two two thousand dollars, then sure you're gonna spend some time on correction, but Oh, if, yeah, for sure. if it's if it's a, a guy that makes a hundred thousand dollars a year and he's got a wife and two kids and his wife's got a uh, you know a, I don't know what a Lexus SUV and he drives a I don't know Raptor a Raptor something you know there you go, perfect. yeah like 
they want protection. They want their paint to look shiny and they want it to yep. beat off water. And that's it. Yeah. They don't care about Three it. Three to 500 bucks. That's like, it. And here's the analogy we use. I remember growing up and watching, you know, uh, Mark McGuire set the home run record. And, you know, and then Sammy Sosa came behind him and beat that record. And those were two people that were dominant in the baseball world. And I grew up playing baseball. And how many other guys got into uh, – they were in the Hall of Fame or they went to the uh, – not not the Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl's football, but uh, uh, what is that for baseball? I don't know. But, um, you know, they go into All-Star. They go into the – you know, there's so many guys that are in the All-Star game that hit – singles and doubles all day long they go in day to day and 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 perform and grow and keep going there's only a few that actually hit these home run records everyone else just produces on a day-to-day basis and you get into the hall of fame by producing day-to-day you don't have to hit home runs with two thousand dollar details you can do it at five hundred dollars and to your point dj you're your bottom line was affected once you switched from the model of 2000 to oh 500. Gosh. Yeah. Like how many of your customers have better satisfaction it's, and which pay more and would continue to come back and use you? They're buying new cars. Their wife's getting new cars. Their kids are growing up and they're 16 now. Yeah. I mean, like ceramic coating is like, it's, it's a snowball effect. Yeah. So cool, man. That's, that's a fun little discussion. Um, you know, give us give us your social media handle. Whoa, 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 whoa. that's a little early. Wow, man. You I just, jumped, you I jumped, jumped the gun. Like you just literally jumped the I gun. Did. We got to rate the beers. We have to rate the beers. Now, DJ, do you want to guess what he's going to rate his uh, Angry Orchard? Pro- I would hope a five. You better rate it a five. Bring it on the podcast. Make us drink that. I mean, man. better rate it a five. You seem a little bitter about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I'm just giving you a hard time. You can read no, it. Honestly, with the Angered Orchard, I, I do enjoy it. Um, again, for me, it's crisp apple and the green apple I do love. And I would say, honestly, I would put them out like a 4.5. All right. Hey, to be fair. Hey, cool. Oh. To be fair, man. To be fair. All right, DJ, yeah, we I got. I have found better ciders, which is why I said this. Oh, what's a better cider? Um, honestly, I couldn't tell you the name of it. It's one of those things I had it out while I was in Mexico, believe it or not. And after I tried it, I was like, I need to get more of this. I have not accepted. Was it Stone something? Isn't there like a Stone Garden? Or oh, Stonehenge, I think is what it is. Stonehenge, is that what it is? Yeah, I, I mean. That, that one is, I do like that one actually better than Angry Orchard too. Yeah. And I think it's stronger as well. Strong, no, is that what Stronghenge or Strong, uh. Uh, there's another, yeah, you're right. Once you said that, I was like, yeah, Strongbow. I've had that's what Strongbow. Strongbow. There you go. That's what yeah. Is. That one is, I do prefer that over Angry Orchard. I will say, I would rate that a five. Yeah, I, I, I would not give it a five, but I would agree that it's better than Angry Orchard. It's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's not quite as sweet. Yeah. I, I would say so, yes. Yeah, Strongbow's not bad. Um, DJ, uh, you got to rate Angry Orchard. You know what, Marty? I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you go first. The rosé side. I'm gonna let you go first, dude. <laughs> You're gonna let me go first. 